Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to Hue at Home, I'm Tracy Koga. Well, silver linings, the magic of the holidays, happiness and joy, is that all a thing of the past? Well, today on Hue at Home, we beg to differ. So we'll start with a great chat with Caroline Brooks. She is one third of The Good Lovelies and she talks about a very special Christmas concert just for you. Well, it is the holiday season, ho, 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 happy holidays, and well, we are all in isolation and separated. But through the beauty of virtual and the hue at home, we are coming to the home of Caroline Brooks, and she is one-third of the mega, mega, awesome, awesome female group, the Good Lovelies. And, you know, please send my good wishes to Carrie and Sue and Caroline. Thank you so much for joining us here, and, well... I mean, I say it over and over, this is crazy times. It is, and I'm just so happy we were able to chat all the way from <laughs> Winnipeg to Toronto, uh, each in our own very challenging times, mm-hmm. <laughs> our cities, but um, thanks for having me. It's really nice to chat with you. All right, so I uh, really am anxious because it is the holiday season, Christmas concerts, holiday concerts, a lot of the artists are releasing new songs for the holidays and once again the good lovelies have taken it to the next step embrace what (laughs) we're in the virtual tour uh you know first of all i do love like the pajamas amazing oh my god aren't they cute (laughs) (laughs) we were joking that we thought okay this might be the first time that people can like sit in their PJs at their house drinking a glass of wine while they watch a Good Lovelies Christmas show. So we fully embraced the PJ vibe. And we'd taken that picture a few years ago. So um, it's perfect. Yeah, it's amazing Very how... good foresight. Yes, really. And talking about that foresight, I mean, now we're into, what, eight months, getting into nine months of this. Um, Caroline, you know, not only yourself, but, you know, the other girls, too, and, mm. and the families and the musicians that you all work with. What has the roller coaster ride been like for you? Well, that's a pretty good way to describe it. <laughs> there have been a lot of highs. Like, if you think about it, we spend a lot of our lives on the road, and we've been able to be home with our families for mm-hmm. eight months solid, which has its advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, there's, like, obviously 
it's very scary for us to not know what's going to happen and it's felt that way for a while um we're really lucky in a lot of ways we've had a lot of support from fans and from our families and um in making things okay for the last little while and the christmas tour is a big part of our lives so mm -hmm. when it became apparent that we were going to lose the christmas tour that was definitely um probably one of the scarier moments for us um you know, financially and mm -hmm. emotionally, we love this tour too. So uh, we've had to do quite a bit of like fancy footwork over the last few months to try to figure things out, like having a Zoom concert when the three of us were, we were really early in lockdown and we're not in each other's bubble. We don't live in the same city. So we had like uh, in the round kind of concert and just figuring out all the tech of that when that's not really been our wheelhouse before. So yeah, lots of highs and lows and um, just trying to, trying to stay positive because a lot of it's out of our control yeah. but then also focusing on projects that are like right there and tangible that that really makes a big difference having something to work on you know uh, I want to talk about songwriting because I mean that is a huge part of the good lovelies has it been better during all of this or has it been harder like obviously it is to collaborate and and everything like that but everybody has free time on their hands yeah I mean I would say that I've had an intensely creative year um, written a lot of songs a lot of new songs um, not all are destined to good lovelies land um, but they'll exist separately I'm sure somewhere um, I know Carrie and Sue are both writing as well and it's true there's like a different type of time on your hands although I will say like for me and Sue as well we both have kids so the first like few months of the pandemic were really like there wasn't a lot of free time and no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like homeschooling Home my two kids yes, yeah. and it was yeah I, I mean having the normalcy of school this fall has really changed the game it's <laughs> definitely felt a lot better here uh for me and yeah I've been super creative and and I know a lot of people who are embracing this time to write and record and all three of us have gotten ourselves set up with like home recording set up so that we can like bounce ideas or or share, um, yeah, share song ideas um, and uh, yeah, just sort of up the game for ourselves. Well, yeah, and I want to go back to like family now because, you know, obviously you would spend so many X amount of weeks, mm. whatever, on the road and now being <laughs> totally 24-7 with your family, which is, you know, obviously has its great, you know, advantages, mm -hmm. but you know, how did you cope too? Because you said homeschooling and, and juggling and like trying to write and, and trying to push forward, you know, the tours or whatever and what that's going to look like. That must have been or is probably crazy. Yeah, I mean, my kids are, are young, so they are definitely in that stage of life where they need a lot of guidance and attention. Mm -hmm. um, there's a beauty in that. And um, I will say a lot of my newer songs are about that feeling of like watching time, like feeling time mm -hmm. is passing so slowly and so quickly at the same time. Like all of a sudden my kids are, you know, an inch taller or, or have new words or expressing themselves. And like, I'm like, how old are you? You know, <laughs> and that happens like right before your eyes, but also you just sort of miss it because you're so caught up in the day to day, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that, um, I think it's been interesting for a lot of us because we are a lot of, I'll just speak for some of the touring moms that I know mm -hmm. is that we, when we're home, we're like in it, we're in it 
all hands on deck. We're here, we're doing a lot of the, the daily, um, all, all, we're just tending to the house and the, the, the needs mm -hmm. of our kids. And one of the things is that we can step away from that when we're on tour and really like really separate from it. Um, not fully emotionally, obviously, but like to have time to ourselves. And without that, it's been really interesting for me to learn about some boundaries that I needed to draw. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, I think I need some time to myself. Yes. <laughs> but so, I, I have yeah. this crazy good support network. So we've been oh. really lucky and my partner is amazing. So that, oh. that definitely has helped. Yeah. I, and I, so that's interesting when you say, okay, I need me time. Have you found uh, a different are different kinds of outlets now that normally you never would because it'd be strictly music it'd be like okay you know whatever on that end of it of the good lovelies but have you found interesting new things for Caroline oh that's a great question um well I would say my biggest thing this year is that I got a dog Oh. His name is Jim, and he's just right over here <gasps> hanging out with me. <laughs> he's so cute. And I, uh, a big outlet for me is just, like, being on my feet, going for walks, and mm -hmm. um, spending time with him because it's a different kind of companionship, you know? Um, they so don't talk really back. Nice. No. I mean, they eat your shoes. I know, but hey. They're expensive shoes. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. You just need to put them on the top shelf now. I know. I know. I need a closet. <laughs> Oh. I live in Toronto. There are no closets. Oh, um. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so no, let's, anyway, yeah. let's talk about the virtual Christmas tour. It's different, and what I loved about it, too, is that you have, like, a lot of the venues that normally you girls would be coming to, um, yeah. you know, and, and love goes out to the West End Cultural Center, and, you know, that yeah. that's an iconic place. And so, yeah, give us a little story behind how this whole virtual tour is going to work. Yeah, this is a big love project for us. So when we realized that we weren't going to be able to do the tour and and just for context for us, the Christmas tour is booked almost a year in advance. So as soon as we're done the Christmas tour, we're booking the next one. Mm -hmm. um, so we were supposed to come to the West End Cultural Center this year um, in person. Uh, that's not happening, obviously. And we had a whole bunch of other shows booked. So we had this idea that instead of just doing what we could have done, we've been really simple, put on a Christmas show for everybody who wanted to buy tickets and they could watch it, you know, for a week, choose when they wanted to watch it. We wanted to really acknowledge that um, our band has grown from community. Like we're not a big famous band across the world. Like we don't go to New York City and fill up like a huge venue, right? Like that's not what we are. But we have been uh, on the ground in small and, and medium sized and, you know, Canadian sized cities for years. And we really have we really owe a lot to venues, to promoters, to community members who've made our career, basically. And one of those venues is the West End Cultural Center, which has played a big role in our band's life. We've done a few Christmas shows there, many other shows as well. And, um, and so we decided what we would do is partner with uh, um, a series of venues or local promoters or, you know, organizations. And we would put on a live show for that community. People would buy tickets from anywhere really, but for that community. 
and we would um, also give a portion of sales to a local charity. So the show that we're doing in Western Canada is it's actually really interesting. It's with um, Edmonton Folk Festival, Calgary Folk Festival and Western Cultural Center. Yes. And we're going to be donating um, funds to uh, the um, Win uh, Winnipeg Harvest and uh, to Alberta Food Banks. So those are going to be the beneficiaries of that show. So yeah, each show will be completely distinct from each other. Everything will be done live, like we'll be performing live from uh, the GTA here in Ontario. And um, every show's going to be a little different. We'll have a different special guest and uh, different community members. It's really a big uh, passion project, but uh, we're about to do it and it's going to happen. <laughs> So says Caroline. Yes, it's oh my happening. Goodness, it is. That is so amazing, and especially uh, this year, uh, you know, with the with COVID pandemic lockdowns, like you know, food banks have suffered. Uh, we mm -hmm. have what we call the Christmas cheer board here. That mm -hmm. was supposedly, you know, there it wasn't going to happen. Now, miraculously, it will happen. So it, you're just going to be spreading so much cheer to so many families. And because of the whole um, situation with the economy, we're just going to have so many other families needing that support this year, especially yeah. this year. So yeah, good lovelies, we love you. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, that's love totally, Winnipeg so much. Totally amazing. And you know what? Um, we're getting used to this virtual stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting better at it. Uh, we're getting better at it, yes. <laughs> you know, and like you said, you can have your PJs on or you could dress up festive in, yes, in your, you, you know, your, your party dress and you can have your uh, cocktail and, and enjoy it. And I just think We know lots, one of the nice things is we know lots of people who are buying tickets for their, you know, their mother who lives in another town or their family member and they're all going to Zoom together while they watch the show. Aww. So. Yeah, it's a pretty special uh, experience, and we're hoping it, it fits in with the tradition of the Good Lovelies Christmas Tour, which we love. We're so lucky to have uh, it. Yes, no doubt. Uh, so the future. Um, you know, we Tell will me, see what does the future hold? Uh, my, my crystal ball, we see the Good Lovelies here at Birds yes. Hill Park for the Folk mm. Festival. Please, um, yes. Or, you know, at coming back here at the West End Cultural Center, whatever it looks like, we will have live music again. We will, yeah. We will. And in the meantime, we'll, we'll make do as best we can and, and try to fill your, your, your homes with our music. So, yeah. The future is um, unknowable at this point, but we know we will continue to make music together and love it and do our best to, uh, to connect with our people out there because they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to wrap things up, okay, so December 11th, yeah. the Western Canada, big concert. Where can we go to see this concert? So you can get tickets through our website, so goodlovelies.com. Just go to the tour page and you buy tickets. And once you buy your ticket, you'll get an email that tells you how to log on to the show. Everything is being held through the National Arts Center website, which is also really cool that we're partnering with our National Arts Center. So if you get lost, you can also head there and they can help help you find your way to the show. Oh, well, all the best for the holidays. Stay safe, stay healthy. Give our love to Carrie and Sue too as well. And Thank you we so will much. see you in 2021, Caroline, live here. I Good lovelies. So. <laughs> Happy holidays. Thank you. You too.
great pleasure to introduce this next very special guest and let's just say he has found a silver lining in all of this pandemic oh my goodness Lori Fisher it is so great to see you my friend you have well you have you know worn so many hats as a businessman as a stage personality and now you are a star of the pen so congratulations on your very first book you're an author and of all things, poetry, yep. poetry of the pandemic. All right, Lori. Okay, this one tops everything that you've done. <laughs> it's very different for me, but it, it has kept my sanity throughout these past nine months. Oh my goodness. All right, so how did this all begin? And it, it does have a very personal, I guess, attachment to you, this project. Absolutely. Um, I guess on March 13th, uh, Kathy and I were snowbirds and we were in Florida and we went into complete shutdown just mm -hmm. as happened here and I was doing a show I was in a show and on opening day we would open that night everything shut down the show was cancelled it was done so we went from 110 miles an hour to zero in one day and mm -hmm. within about a week I thought I'm going to go insane this is there was no you remember there was no sports there was nothing on TV except you know, the 2010 Grey Cup or whatever it happened yeah. to be oh, down on. there. come on, the 2019 so, Grey Cup. <laughs> <clears throat> now, the 20, 2019 would have been worthwhile. Yeah. So back when I was in university many, many, many years ago in the early 70s, I used to write poetry. And I was looking around me, and there were a lot of people that were really struggling. I was in, you know, there were a lot of seniors around, and they were scared, they were frightened, they were confused. And just day by day, I started to write and I started to post it on Facebook. And the reaction was incredible. You know, people would write, oh, you're helping me. This is what I need. I read your poetry every day. And then people started saying, you know, why don't you why don't you publish this? And at that time, I only had 10 or 20 pieces. And what happened basically was I talked to my daughter, Pamela Ross, who is in the media and who is a publicist. And she, as a project, agreed to help me to be my editor. And so very quickly, uh, over time, we got up to 50, 60, then about 80 or 90 poems. And literally, we uh, we contacted uh, Friesen Press, and uh, it was about an eight-month project. We put it together. But I really, what I was really trying to do was to sort of motivate people, to inspire them, to say, hey, we're going to get through this. There, there is a future. And it's really the same philosophy that I've taken on uh, with my life. I was diagnosed with cancer two and a half years ago. And when I was diagnosed, uh, first words out of my mouth were, it is what it is, one step at a time, one day at a time. And that really applies to the pandemic as well. You know, there's nothing we can do to change it. 
And a lot of that came through in the poetry, so it was helping people. And uh, I decided, look, I, I don't want to do this for me. I want to do this for a group of people that from the minute I was diagnosed with my stage four prostate cancer, uh, the Neverlone Cancer Foundation has been by my side, by my family's side. They helped so many people throughout Manitoba, as I call fellow cancer warriors now. And I always used to sponsor them. And, you know, as a businessman, as you said, I would, you know, sponsor, be there, support them. And then suddenly I was on the inside looking out and it was a whole different perspective. And Lyle Bauer and I have become very good friends through this, yeah. through this journey. And he's a great man. And what he's done with this organization and Michael Schieffer, who's the executive director, literally, they're just, they are incredible with what they do with uh, the good, the bad and the ugly of this disease. And uh, so I decided that all net proceeds from the book are going to go to the Neverlone Cancer Foundation. And the timing on our publication has been great with mm -hmm. Christmas coming up. And that's how it all began, sitting at home, watching the nature go by outside, thinking about my family, thinking about the battle I was fighting. You know, that, those are the cornerstones uh, to what this is all about. And of course, the pandemic, how people were reacting to it. And, so they're my thoughts on, you know, how can we make this better? It's a bad situation, but, you know, kind of the half full cup of tea type thing. Like, let's make it a half full cup. We're all living this together and uh, let's make it work. Oh, wow. I wanted to ask you, Lori, I mean, you told us the premise of this whole project and what it means. For you personally, um, battling cancer, the unpredictability, the, uh, the uncertainty of the pandemic. How has all of this kind of affected you? Um, probably a lot of positivity, but then also the negative side of it. Well, I, I try not to, you know, again, I, I live that very simple philosophy. It is what it is, one step at a time, one day at a time. And part of that is not looking too far down the road. Because being retired now, it's not like I have to plan a business meeting two months from now. Um, I think too many people who are battling an illness uh, really look too far ahead. Oh, my God, am I going to die? What am I going to do? And kind of live for the moment, you know, accept the fact that, that you have a disease. And there's a lot of similarities between my internal battle, the cancer, and the external battle, the pandemic. And in fact, one of my, my poems is titled The Enemy Within, The Enemy Without. And it really compares uh, what people are going through with the pandemic and uh, to the battle cancer, uh, the, the cancer battle. But it's not just a matter of fighting cancer because there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of mental mm -hmm. illness. And to me, there's not a big difference between a physical illness or a mental illness. They both need to be fought. They both need to be, they're battles. And so there were, and you're right, a lot of things that were going in the outside world around, I could have turned negative. I could have said, oh, this is awful. I'm home. We've canceled the show where, you know, we've got to try and get home. And there's, there were so many things that could have gone negative. But, and I will tell you <clears throat> that it was an absolute godsend. We have two little puppies, one that I've had for eight years and a uh, rescue that we've had about a year now. He's about two years old. And I don't know what we would have done without the puppies because they don't know there's a pandemic. They just no. live their lives and, and they give so much love. And I think that that has really helped both Kathy and I. And of course, it's inspired a lot of the writing. You, you look at how they live their lives and, and uh, there's a lot we can learn from them. But, <clears throat> but as I say, the, um, it, it is a battle. Uh, mm. 
you know, anybody that, that has cancer, you don't know what's around the corner. And it's no good trying to predict what's around the corner because it could change. Now, I'm very lucky. Uh, you know, I've been able thus far, touch wood, touch wood, uh, <laughs> to, to avoid chemotherapy. Uh, I had a radiation oncologist in the beginning, but as things got well uh, under control, and I was told from the very beginning, there are certain things you have to do, the medications, the injections, that type of thing. But my disease, uh, unfortunately, was too far. It is not curable, but it is controllable. And I latched on to that. I said, okay, well, let's control this thing and not have it spread further. And I've been very lucky because with the meds, with the exercise, with the weight loss, with all the things they told me to do, I've been able to avoid chemotherapy because sometimes the, the cure is worse than the disease itself. And I've witnessed that with so many of my friends who are fighting the battle. And uh, so I, I term myself one of the lucky ones. So, you know, I'm lucky to have cancer, but very lucky with the fact it's being treated. And, and I look at people... My good friend Jerry Mislowski is a very oh, good example. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody, he wasn't diagnosed for the longest period of time. The same with mm -hmm. my brother-in-law. They didn't find it. And then literally within days or weeks, they were gone. And it was just too late. So I have to be positive. You know, I, I've got it, but at least I can do something about it. Oh, you always look at the positive. And hey, I could not imagine you losing that beautiful silver fox hair. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, well, oh my goodness. <clears throat> uh, you, you do look, you know, uh, unfortunately you do. You, you look like a picture of health. And, you know, all of our love and all of our prayers are with you, Lori, too. But um, you always just exude such brightness and such a, such a warmth. Um, that, will, that will never go away. Never go away. And uh, well, I just want to, I want to ask. Like to. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're coming to the close of 2020, and oh, hopefully it's a year that we can all forget. But for you, Lori, what do you look most forward to in 2021? Really easy answer here. <laughs> I, look forward to, I look forward to hugs. I really, really miss the, the connection between people. And, and a lot of my writing is about that, that, mm -hmm. you know, these are the things we're missing, but this is the future we have look, to look forward to. So 2021... If I can give you a hug, Tracy, I will be the happiest person in the world because, yeah, I mean, right now it's, it's, it's virtual, but I think just the close contact with people, and, and you've known this for years, I'm a, I'm a people person, that comes through in my writing, and one of the nicest things Freeze and Press said about my book uh, when they read it was, this is a friend to people, it's to, to help them, inspire them, to help them, uh, you know, get through these times. But part of the reason for writing the book also, besides the fundraising, is I really believe that five or 10 or 15 years from now, we're going to look back on this, just like we're going to look back on the Trump presidency and go, wow, wasn't that a roller coaster ride? And we're going to be able to look back. We'll never forget it. But through my writing, people will be able to recall it. And for my children, and my, well, my children are living it, but my grandchildren, will be able to look at some of the poetry and say, you know, what was it like, Grandpa? Well, you know, and, and, you know, whoever thought that we, being as active as we all are, would be locked away for nine months and longer. And I mean, we don't know when it's going to end. So I have full faith that by 2021, sometime later in the year, they're going to find a vaccine. I think, though, that it's going to be a new normal that we go back to. And I, I write a lot about that as well, mm -hmm. that there are a lot of changes in our lives that will be permanent. 
you know, and, and I think there's going to be a, a cautious approach among people, not the friends, the friends will always be there. But I think there'll be a, a real caution towards strangers now and, and what we've been through. And I, I think that's a shame because I think that our society in general, uh, you know, has changed. And I think it's probably changed forever. Oh, yes. Uh, sadly, I think that you're probably right, Laurie. Before we wrap up, though, hey, where can we get the book? Yes. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. <clears throat> it's very, very easy. Uh, to get the book, you go to the Never Alone Cancer Foundation website. It's nacf.ca. Mm -hmm. That's nacf.ca, uh, and basically they put they've high profiled the book. Uh, you can click on click on it. You can buy the book right there. Uh, it's twenty five dollars plus plus shipping, mm -hmm. and uh, the Never Alone Cancer Foundation is being wonderful. They're helping me. They're distributing it. We're working, and in fact, I would tell people react quickly because in the first three weeks uh we've actually almost sold 300 of the 500 books it is wow. a limited edition <laughs> so things are going really well and now the next question i usually get is well are you still writing and yes i am i actually have a new collection that right now the working title is cottage life musings and uh more towards you know uh, nature and, and that kind of thing mm -hmm. but still the pandemic is in there because it goes on but uh, we'll see what happens in the future we one book at a time type thing, but it's been very exciting, but they can go to the Neverlone Cancer Foundation website and buy the book right there. Great, oh. great Christmas gift. <laughs> of course, <laughs> always. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, Lori, and your family, stay safe and healthy, and we will see you, I'm sure, at the beginning of 2021 with your new book. So, so great and to, to see you, my friend. You. And to, to you and Kevin and your gang, you know, hugs for the holidays. I mean, they have to be virtual now, but please extend my love and my hugs to all of them. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Hugh at Home. Our business and life coach, Linda Drostowicz, will be coming up with her own very personal story. But first, Rana gives us her own beauty hair tip during this pandemic lockdown on the Hugh Virtual Chat. Um, you know what I'm doing though, and I don't know, Angie, I don't know if you've, you've kind of, uh, you know, delve into this part, but castor oil has saved my life, honestly. So I always put castor oil underneath my eyes before I go to bed. Um, I put it in my scalp. My hair has grown in, like crazy. And because I... Okay. Oh, 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 slow down. Talking okay. about the scalp thing. What are we yeah, doing slow here? Slow down. Tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? Is this such a brown thing. This is such a traditional brown thing. So because we always put oil in our hair, olive oil, blah, blah, blah. And that's why our hair is always so thick and like, you know, flowy. Um, but I always do castor oil and I've been doing it for two months now since I dyed my hair lighter, actually castor oil in like, and you're rubbing it into your scalp. Okay. And mm -hmm. it's really thick. So it's going to be really uncomfortable until you get used to it. So rub it. Into so your do you skin. wash it out the next morning? I wash it out probably like the day after. Yeah. Okay, so you let it just sit there. Let it sit there. Let it Rana, sit. do you put your hair in a bun? Oh yeah, it's like okay. right on my head. But yeah, is but it, it greasy? It's wearable. Right? What do you mean? Is it greasy? Yeah. Yes. It's greasy. It's greasy. Like you, you definitely <laughs> would not. But I will say this: this is this is this is a life I, I've now created for myself. I have definitely walked out of the house <laughs> for like 
for groceries with my mask and my hair with like oil, like with like castor oil in it. But I don't oh care. Oh my God. Do not go near an open flame, girl. No, castor oil won't do that to you. Castor oil absolutely won't. But I'm telling you because people always comment, like I'm 43, I don't have a single gray yet. I don't have a single gray yet. And I remember when I went to go get my husband um, at Grace Hill, even she was like, she's like, well, you don't have any grays. Like, that's crazy. You know, and I'm like, no, I don't because I've always used olive oil and castor oil in my hair. But the other thing too is when you, when when I went from dark hair to light hair, because my hair is a lot lighter now, it was so frizzy, uh, and it was so it was it just looked it was really hard for my hair to get used to the fact that it was now light. Um, but now two weeks into it, where I've been really consciously trying to like take care of it, putting castor oil all over, not only my thing, or not only my uh, roots. Um, it's like so nice and like kind of flowy back again. So now it's like back to its original, how it was when it started. We do all have stories to tell. And I really love that Tracy wanted to highlight our community stories and our personal stories in Hue at Home. And so I thought I would tell you a little bit about my story and how I came to be where I am. I'm a business and life coach. And I was inspired in so many ways to become a coach because I know what it's like to feel stuck. I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed. I know the experience of having dreams that are unfulfilled and having goals that you see other people achieving that you want to achieve and you can't quite figure out why you can't move forward. I'm well familiar with all of those feelings. And I also went through uh, divorce. I have two daughters who are now teenagers. Uh, they are lovely. They are uh, complicated as everybody is in this world and they are full of their own stories. And I know that for myself going through a divorce and at the same time I lost my father. Uh, he died very suddenly uh, but he, he did live to a very lovely old age, but it was a very, it was a shock because it was very fast. And my mother also started to experience dementia. And so at the time, I, I sometimes think of it as the three Ds. I was dealing with divorce, death, and dementia all at the same time. And I really had to come to grips with how I was going to move forward. What was I going to do that would help me uh, still live a very happy life, still uh, still see the future is full of possibilities. One of the things that uh, really rang true for me at that point in my life was compassion. And it was finding compassion for myself, finding compassion for my uh, the father of my children, finding compassion for my family as we dealt with this really difficult time in our lives. And it was, uh, it was really a turning point for me. And it was also at that same time that I uh, was really had to be very responsible for not only dealing with my mother's uh, finances and her household, I was dealing with my own uh, finances and uh, buying a home. And it was it was a lot. Um, 
So listen, I know if you are going through any of those things, you have my utter uh, admiration for how much strength it takes. And so I know that at that time, I also really wanted to hold on to my dreams. And so I created my own business. I created, it was formerly called Word Sense Studio, and I was focusing on writing and editing at the time. And I love to write. If any of you know me, I am, I am never far from having a journal or in fact, several journals around me at a time. Um, that's how I go through life. I live, I, I, I can't remember the author who said that I live my life twice. I live it and then I experience it again on the page. And that's exactly how I have gone through my life for years and years. And so I, I started this business of being a writer and an editor. And I loved it. But what happened was I began to meet more and more women in business. And what I saw was something similar that I had experienced. They were stuck. They were procrastinating. They were full of doubt. They uh, had these dreams and goals, but they could not move forward. And I, since I was very familiar with those feelings, I combined my love of writing and communicating with my uh, history of being a counselor um, and being somebody who uh, studied uh, the mind. And I began to look into being a life coach and it lit me up like nothing else. And when I got coaching myself, it was a game changer. And I knew that if I could help other people um, get to the root of why they aren't moving forward and help them uh, create these businesses and lives that are big and rich and independent and strong and bold, I knew that I would be fulfilling my purpose. So that is a bit about me. I will be talking more about my story because as you know, our stories define us, but they don't have to um, they don't have to define if we've had a story in our past that has held us back. It's time to let go of that and create a new one for our future. And I'm going to help you with that. So welcome to this segment of Hugh at Home. I'm so happy to be here. It's just a delightful part of uh, this uh, Hugh at Home of Tracy's doing where community comes together to tell their stories and be inspired by each other. So thank you for having me. I want to give a big special thank you to all of our guests on today's show. And you can get Lori Fisher's book, Poetry of the Pandemic, on the Never Alone Foundation website. And don't forget, check out the Good Lovelies website to see where their next virtual Christmas concert will be. But I want to leave you with this last question. What is the one special thing that you will do to keep yourself in the holiday spirit? We really want to know. So send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikehugh. But for now, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home. Guessing in deck the halls, but it's not like Christmas at all. Cause I remember when you were here and all the fun we had.
for listening. This has been a production of iLikeHugh.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.